1: Nation presents podcasts. Wow. I mean, a a wonderful approach to those big things in life where she just, it's almost as if she took a deep breath and went, okay, God wants me to carry his son. How will this work? Let's begin. Women of the Bible Speak. Now here's your host, Shannon Breen.
0: Welcome to Women of the Bible Speak podcast. I'm your host and author of the book, Shannon Breen. Whether you grew up going to Sunday school and reading the Bible, or you haven't read it in years, there are so many inspiring and timeless stories in the Bible, and many people don't realize what a big role women played in these stories. These women I write about are dealing with things that are still relevant to the women of 2021. They are all amazing lessons that fit today that we can all find inspiration and hope from. I am really excited and privileged to have a good friend with me today to talk about some of her favorite women in the Bible, Megan Alexander. She is all kinds of things, a wife, a mom of three adorable kiddos, an author of Faith in the Spotlight, and her children's book, which you will love, 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 One More Hug. She's a country music journalist, and you may recognize her as my mom does, her biggest fan. She's a correspondent on Inside Edition as well. Megan, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon. Well, listen, you and I have talked about one of the primary women in this book around Christmas time. We talked about Mary, the mother of Jesus, certainly one of the best known women in the Bible uh, and around the world, whether you're a person of faith or not. Um, so many people know that she was just a young woman. Uh, the Bible tells us when the, the angel Gabriel came to her and told her some pretty amazing stuff uh, that she was going to be with child. This was going to be a divine intervention and she was going to give birth to the Messiah. She asks in Luke one how will this be since I'm a virgin? And, but I write in the book, the first thing I thought is like, oh no, how am I going to explain this to everyone? She was betrothed to Joseph, but he knew they hadn't physically been together But to her family and her community, I mean, hiding a pregnancy in those days couldn't have been too easy once you start to show. Um, But she was such grace, took on this assignment and said, I will be known as blessed among women. She was very humble and she took on the assignment that may have been very scary for a lot of people. Shannon,
1: Mary is hugely inspirational in so many ways and when I found out we were writing this book you know you and I we we corresponded quite a bit and I just thought I would love to talk about Mary the mother of Jesus because for me personally especially around the holidays I long to know more about her. I yearn to understand more, you know, exactly what she went through when she was pregnant with Jesus and, you know, being pregnant myself, what was it like? Did, did Jesus kick the way that all of our babies (laughs) kick in our belly when it was the son of God, the savior, but yet you just threw out a couple of things like right from the get go. Mary is just incredible. I mean, culturally speaking, she was what, maybe 14, 15, we think she was a teenager, young mm-hmm. young woman, and in her culture to to be a young woman who is engaged, which is basically married. I mean, you did not break off engagements in those days, right? And um and then to suddenly have the weight of this on her. Couple things that struck me Shannon from your book, which I loved working my way through. First and foremost you talk about that she immediately received this message from the angel and 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 started processing it and asking questions of oh, okay well let's break it down how can this be since I'm a virgin she didn't say no and run away with this right. massive assignment she started processing it and breaking it down and I was thinking she immediately received it but yet in a very thoughtful way started saying okay How is this going to work out? (laughs) Wow. I mean, a a wonderful approach to those big things in life where she just, it's almost as if she took a deep breath and went, okay, God wants me to carry his son. How will this work? Let's begin talking Mm -hmm. about it. I I just love her approach there and yet very real in how she, you know, started asking questions about how will this be? You know, why me? Um, But then you also talked about Shannon, how she immediately, you know, clung to prayer. She, mm-hmm. she went to the Lord. She's dialoguing with the angel. She continues to, you know, seek the Lord in all areas of her life. I mean, simple and yet so important how she processed things. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And like you said, she didn't go running from it. It must have been overwhelming. Just think if an angel showed up at your house right now in your room. Like, I, I don't know that I could speak. And the fact that she's a young woman who's now asking very important questions and she's willing, she's called on for a huge assignment. And I know that all of us in our lives, um, people of faith have had times where we felt God calling us to do something or asking us to do something. I had one of these moments today that involved a barista at Starbucks and I was like, Listen, I hesitated on something a couple of weeks ago that I felt like God was asking me to do, and I regretted it later that I didn't reach out to this person. So I was like, all right, this is it today with this barista. Um, try to bless this person. And, um, you know, that's something so tiny compared to what Mary was asked to do. But we're all asked at some time to do something that calls on us to take a step of faith, big or small. And we all in our lives have some huge ones, whether it's about Marriage or children or career or health or finance. Um, And Mary's a good example for us in walking in
1: faith. Absolutely. And when those moments come, like I wonder, how did she get to that point of being able to receive that news um, in such a thoughtful way? Obviously, Sharing that she was overwhelmed and not certain, but had she been raised to process things that way? Was she constantly in dialogue with the Lord? And it really feels like that conversation with the angel, like you said, she wasn't completely shocked, even though she she might have been overwhelmed. But it was like, okay, God, this is what you want me to do. This is my life. This is what I've been called to do. Um, And that continues through her whole life in the way she dialogues with Jesus at the wedding when mm-hmm. she comes to him. You also wrote Shannon about her deep relationships and they immediately showed up when you talk about that the first person she shared the news with was her cousin. Yeah,
0: she I love imme- that story
1: me too like she doesn't go to the street corner and shout it out she didn't run away mm-hmm. she went to her family it's like I, I found myself going okay gosh who are my close friends and my close family that I would go to with such big news mm-hmm. I mean life changing news she goes to her family and it, they immediately have something in common mm-hmm. because lo and behold Elizabeth is also carrying a very special baby but how, how thoughtful that was that she already had people in her life that she could talk to mm-hmm. and again how important it is for all of us to have those close friends and family that, that we can process stuff with.
0: Yeah. Her cousin, Elizabeth, who we understand to be older and maybe the baby was a surprise to her because there's a whole backstory on how she becomes pregnant with John the Baptist, who was a forerunner for Jesus. They were close in ministry and throughout their lives together and clearly related because Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. So I find that so much of what I read or know about Mary is that early visit from Gabriel, the initial reaction she had to the news and processing it. But I thought it was important in the book as well to include that uh, other steps in her life uh, where she was in the temple, where Simeon and Anna were there to be bear witness to Jesus as the Messiah. And also when they go on a trip to Jerusalem, they're going home. And guess what? Jesus isn't with them. They don't even figure it out for a couple of days. They go back and find him as this young, young guy teaching in the temple. The people are listening to his every word. And when she says, like any mom who's missing their kid would say, What have you been doing? What are you doing? We were so worried about you. He says, Don't you know I have to be about my father's business? So we see along the way, she's a mom of, yes, the Messiah, but of a boy, of a young man growing up who had very real mom interactions with him. Hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's a fascinating one, too, because you start to see what the relationship is in terms of she is well aware that he's the son of God. But when would that start to play out? Mm-hmm. You know, Shannon, did you work through that? Like as he was growing up, were there moments along the way where maybe she saw it? But that was, you know, 12, 13, he's at the temple mm-hmm. where it truly became, okay, this my son is now stepping into his destiny and into his calling 100%, um, even though of course he always was, but yet, you know, you said that she, we we wonder if she pondered that it would be a little bit later, you know, he Mm -hmm. would be a little bit older, started so young. And yet what that relationship must've been like, I mean, she always seems to be thoughtful in her approach, observing, right? She ponders things in her heart. Mm -hmm. um, And, and yet, very peaceful it feels like yes. with god's will and and that's maybe one of the many reasons god chose her that is a question i was thinking of as as i was reading this chapter shannon is again that question of why her Mm-hmm. And 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 we long for maybe sometimes a big statement from the Lord as to why we get these little hints along the way. But then I realized as I'm working my way through your chapter, maybe God continually reveals it all through the Gospels. He sprinkles it here and there in these exchanges and these moments and how she interacted with Jesus at the temple and then later at the wedding. He's revealing the whole time why he chose Mary. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And she was key in that first miracle that we have recorded of him, the water into wine. We talk about that in the book, but also I thought it was important to look at the end of her life or what we know about her in that we know she was at the cross. I cannot imagine as a mother losing a child and then to know he was being wrongfully accused and to watch him be killed. I cannot imagine, but she did not shy away from that. She was there at the foot of the cross. And then we see interim until he is resurrected, she's faithfully with the disciples. She's praying in the upper room. She is a key player in the beginning foundations and roots of the church. So I want people to see her not just as this young teenager with this overwhelming assignment, right. but somebody who is faithful all the way through and we know was there and never walked away from the ministry or the plan. In fact, doubling down and being part in building the initial church.
1: Mm, that's an excellent point. Excellent point. And I, I, I personally long to hear more about those moments later in Jesus' life. I, you know, you just wonder as what did, how did Mary react to some of the first miracles that Jesus Mm -hmm. performed? Right. I'd love to know what I knew it. Yeah, like, wow, that's my son. I told (laughs) you. Yeah. (laughs) Or was it, wow, this really is happening in front of my very Mm -hmm. eyes. She had that front row seat and yet her perspective, um, I I really enjoyed Shannon, you breaking down a bit more of, of what that all means. And a reminder that no matter what obstacles or hardships we face in our life, you know, that- Mary, again, took everything in stride and had such confidence in the Lord and such confidence in her son all mm-hmm. the way to the end. Um, that, that was deeply encouraging to me. And I think as a mother with a little daughter now wanting to, as she grows up, explain you know, Mary as a role model and how we should approach
0: life. We'll have more of this interview coming up. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the There's so many Marys. And I point that out in the chapter, like there are a lot of Marys in the New Testament and, and we talk through them, but I paired Mary, the mother of Jesus with Mary Magdalene. Um, so she's a part of this chapter too. And what a story she's part of the group of people who are ministering to Jesus and the disciples, supporting them in their ministry. She also, we're told as a person of some independent means, it sounds like, in being able to support. But Jesus, as I talk about later in the book in a separate chapter too, has all these relationships with women that probably weren't exactly what the custom of the day would have expected from him as a rabbi or exalted religious teacher. He allowed these women to be part of that learning, to be his close friends. Uh, and Mary Magdalene is one who was there often. She's all throughout the gospels. And we're told in one of the gospels that she had been delivered from seven demons. So Mm -hmm. she'd had a rough patch (laughs) before she gets to this place where she is now learning and growing spiritually in all these ways. And she is a key person also whom Christ reveals himself to when she goes to the tomb in absolute despair and grief after his death, wanting to go there and tend and care for his body But he chooses a woman to be the first one that he reveals himself to as now having risen. And so she essentially becomes the first evangelist in that she's running now to tell the story. Um, Such a touching scene of really her life, but that that moment at the tomb as well. Absolutely. And again, Shannon, you break it down when you talk
1: about, you know, when the angels appeared to her, she dialogues with them, and you almost think like, wait a minute, again, there's two, there's two angels in front of you. Did that, did not throw you off a little bit, but mm-hmm. she's, she's in the moment and, and saying in questioning where Jesus is. And then when Jesus finally appears to her and she says, my teacher right? And tries to reach out for him. And you just think of, gosh, isn't that the type of relationship we all long for? I mean, I really found myself getting a little emotional, Shannon. I was Mm -hmm. was reading that because I was thinking, we long sometimes to just touch goodness. And when you find that wonderful friend in your life, in some small way, maybe we can relate where you just want to be around them. And then here he is. She thinks he's gone. And then here he is. My Gosh, what a moment. And like you said, he appeared to her. And I was thinking, isn't that a reminder of like all through her life? She thinks he's gone, then he appears again. When she first met him, she was probably in the darkest of places, being demon possessed and being an outcast and people, you know, living a dark life. And again, we have some details about, you know, possibly a prostitute and this and that, but by no means welcomed overly in society. And yet Jesus is always melt welcoming her. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, that one moment when he appears for the first time, it's her that he chooses. I, I find her story to be incredibly hopeful and optimistic mm-hmm. that no matter what we're going through in our life, she experienced the low of lows, whether, you know, being demon possessed and, and all the things that she went through. And then she got the highest of highs by being there when Jesus rose again. Um, I got to throw this out there, Shannon. For me, I couldn't help but think of CeCe Winans' song, Alabaster Box, Mm -hmm. which they believe is about Mary Magdalene. And wow, just the arc of her life. It's incredibly inspirational and a reminder that no matter how bad you think things have gotten and maybe how horrible you feel about yourself, Jesus saw her as worthy and a child of God and he loved her and the same applies Mm -hmm. to all of us.
0: And I do love that. I thought it was important throughout these stories in the New Testament, as I said, to talk about how Jesus went to people who were outcasts, male and female, considered unacceptable. I included in the book uh, where he confronts the woman who's now been accused of adultery. They pulled her out to stone her. And they're they're always testing him. The, the religious leaders are always trying to pull him into something that will catch him, uh, that will discredit him in some way. And how he stayed there with her defending her, not her sin, what she may have done, but giving her complete compassion and acceptance and saying, go and sin no more. But showing all of the men who had showed up there to stone her to death, you guys are not innocent either. You're not without sin. He was there to defend the defenseless and to care for people. And I think about Mary Magdalene at some point would have clearly been not viewed well in society, whether it was, um, you know, the demon possession, or as you said, many scholars believe she may have been involved in prostitution, but he was always kind. And he included her. He didn't say, ah, this woman of ill repute, whatever her thing was, she can't hang around with us. She can't be seen in ministry or be around us. Um, he, he, you know, loved her as he did with so many people throughout his ministry, um, who weren't the quote, right people. Um, and they were the not loved and the outcast. I want to talk about a little bit more detail about when he was at the tomb with her. And you mentioned the angels, and how she doesn't even freak out when she sees the angels. They said, "Woman, why are you crying?" She said, "They've taken my Lord away. I don't know where they've put him." That was in John twenty verses eleven through thirteen, and um, she's just she's just devastated because she's already you know in deep grief over losing this person. But the fact that she went there to just tend to his body and he wasn't even there, she was so grieving, doesn't even really get rattled by the angels at all. The disciples have taken off and she's there. And so we know she's sitting there and she says, she sees somebody that she thinks is a gardener say, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? In John 20, it says she thought he was the gardener. She said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, "Mary." Mm. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, "Rabbi," which means teacher or beloved teacher. You reference that; it was just him saying her name. She must have been, you know, sobbing and so overcome with grief, maybe not even clearly able to see physically what or who was in front of her. Um, but we know that she, at the sound of his voice, knew exactly who he was. And what joy must have sprung up in her heart at that moment to think he is alive, who we thought he was, that that's who he is. Maybe we didn't understand it, but I get it now.
1: I mean, Shannon, he saw her and Mm -hmm. how many people in life just want to be seen, Mm -hmm. especially when you go through hard things. I mean, that was profound for me to read. I thought you just want to hear your name. You want to be seen. You want to be known. You want to be loved. And he says her name and you think what that must have meant to her. And I've got to read what you wrote, Shannon, in this passage, because I underlined it. This (laughs) stood out to me. You said, so as we navigate this earthbound life of valleys and mountaintops, we too can look forward to the day we hear Jesus say our names with infinite tenderness and compassion. He is calling to us even now his beloved children until the glorious day we will see him face to face. That's what she got to experience. And how many times, Shannon, I've wanted to just see Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, you have those times in your day where you're like, oh, I just want to see him. I wish I could just sit with him for a couple of minutes, you know, (laughs) and you think Mary thought he was gone and she looks up and he's there and he calls her name. She immediately recognizes him. I feel like that'll be the moment we walk into heaven Mm -hmm. and he'll say, Shannon, welcome home,
0: Megan. Ooh, that I almost can't take ooh. it honestly. And, and folks can't see you right now, but you're teared up. You're making me tear up because I think about, wow, right. Mm. To know that the God of the universe saw her, saw yes. her and called her name. And I think sometimes I almost don't let my mind go there to how beautiful and overwhelming I think that will be. Mm. Um, and sometimes in our earthly day and our laundry and our carpools and our <laughs> deadlines, we forget about what's coming. If we believe uh, as we do in the Christian faith, that there will be that moment when he does see us face to face. I don't think I can put that into words, my friend. No,
1: It's a glimpse of heaven that I think we get right there. And what your book is about that in that powerful moment, he appears first to a woman Mm -hmm. And we as women in this world and with all the conversations going on in culture right now with the church and women and, and our value and, here it is, right there in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Jesus appeared to a woman first, a woman who wasn't perfect, would not have had the perfectly curated Instagram, Mm-mm. would not have had the most fantastic LinkedIn. Mm-mm. She had some stuff that she worked through in her life, and God looked at her and said her name and said, You are so loved and valued. He appeared to a woman. As a woman, Shannon, if that doesn't give you a sense, of value and worth. I don't know what will because that is something I cling to and just a beautiful example of, of Jesus loving all of us, Mm -hmm. no matter our gender.
0: You're right. And I do love how much he reached out, as I said, to um, women and they were important and they were respected by him. They were valued. We are today. And Mm then we take encouragement in that. Megan, thank you so, so much your insights and just, you know, just the depth of your faith is so apparent. And I really appreciate you spending your time and your resources and your love uh, for the Lord with us.
1: Shannon, this book is a gift, one that is incredibly timely for me. And I know it will be for so many people who long to know more about the women of the Bible who God has spoken to and worked through and their stories. Um, I think it's very timely, especially for this moment, Shannon. I want everyone to get it. Please get a copy, folks. For me personally, it has been incredibly encouraging to read this book.
0: Thank you so much, Megan. It's called Women of the Bible Speak. You can get it at foxnews.com books, and I hope it will be an encouragement to you too. See you soon, my friend. You got it. Thank you for listening to Women of the Bible Speak on the Fox News Podcast Network. For more of this podcast series, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. Please rate and review this one wherever you download podcasts. We want to hear what inspires you. My book, Women of the Bible Speak, The Wisdom of 16 Women and Their Lessons for Today, is out March 30th and available for pre-order right now at foxnews.com slash books. This has been Fox News Presents Podcast's Women of the Bible Speak.